We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm fascinated by this Mets decision to advertise during the Super Bowl. Now, I want to be clear about one thing. He's not, they're not advertising on the national broadcast, and we're not getting too in the weeds on it. There's, I think, two minutes or maybe even one minute per hour mm-hmm. where the local affiliate can sell a commercial that is only seen regionally. So uh, you may have read that a commercial for the Super Bowl is about 7 or $8 million. That's for the ones that air nationally. Right. So you're going to see a 30-second, I think it's 30 seconds, uh, New York Met commercial featuring a whole bunch of active current Met players encouraging you to buy tickets, right? I think the cost is a million bucks for that. You know what that is? But we'll find out in a moment. You know what that is? Yeah. It's called a power move. I love it. I love it. You're going to have how many uh, tri-state area people that might be Med fans who haven't made a commitment yet? Like, you know what? I'm going to buy some tickets. Yes. Plus, they may laugh so hard at the commercial, they may say, I'm just buying tickets because Tomas Nito's a great actor. Well, my main man, Andy, is the uh, CMO of the New York Mets, going into, I believe, his second year in that capacity. Andy joins us now. Andy, it's Craig and Evan. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How you guys doing? Uh, well, I'm still waiting on that piece of pizza you owe me, but outside of that, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> All right, Takes so a while. here's my question. First off... Who's was this like a a think tank that you know the board and Steve Cohen gets in on, or do you go to Steve Cohen as the CMO and say, Steve, I've got an idea. How do you feel about this? What's the genesis of the commercial? It's exactly that last piece. It it is over Christmas. I was talking with a couple of our agency partners. We're kicking around ideas, and they said, let's do a Super Bowl ad. And I was like, well, that's insane. We have no time, but we'll figure it out. Went to Steve about a week and a half later with what it would cost and the ideas, and he's like, yeah, let's go for it. But that's that isn't was, it great having an owner like that who's just like, bang, awesome. let's go for it, right? But what's awesome is it costs like a 25th of what it would cost to sign a big-time free agent. So when you think about it that way, that's eh, changed. So I've been told, so it's a third. I've seen the, first off, we'll get to the commercial itself in a second. Yeah. Uh, even if you take out the cost to produce it and film it and edit it, it is a seven-figure commitment, is it not? No, it's not. Got it. So it's less than a million dollars. It's I less than that. Yeah. Got it. All right. So the numbers that are out there are, are nonsense. It's Did, not a million yeah, dollars. What, what, yeah. You know what it is? It's in addition to the Super Bowl ad, we had an NFC title ad. We got a month and a half worth of ad time running, all included. So the value of the media is well worth a million, is over a million. Got it. How many takes did it take for non-trained actors, but great baseball players, to perform as eloquently as they did? Uh, So it actually wasn't that bad. Um, There's somewhere it took a little longer. That's all I'll say. But they were they were into it. They rehearsed their role. But they don't. This isn't their job. They're not. They're not actors. They're not supposed to be. But like guys like Thomas Nito, they were funny. 
Oh, they yeah. looked great. I thought Kodai Senga stole the stole the whole thing. Yeah, I thought he was the about best the, one. The ghost pitch, the in ghost there, pitch. Right? Yeah, and then explaining you know, that it's not really a ghost. So here's I would say this. You know, the New York Mets, as listen, you know, you grew up on the East Coast. The, the New York yep. Mets have been a laughing stock prior to Steve Cohen's purchase, of course, for being dopey, for doing things that just you know totally tone deaf or not making sense or being kind of minor league ish. And you know when I when I saw the video uh, this morning, my I, I before I turned it on, I, I was saying to myself, "All right, is it going to be med esque? Am I going to like it? Not like it? Ba 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 bum." And I watched it three or four times now because I, I couldn't figure out who all the players were. First off, but that's me. You know, Evans the guy on that, <laughs> like Thomas no, Nito. That's you know, who that you're is. Yankee fan. What are you going to do? <laughs> but I, I will say that, and not to blow smoke up your ass because we don't have to, obviously. Uh, it's really creative. It's well done. The guys seem totally into it, and there's no doubt that a Met fan's going to see it and say, "Yeah, I'm going to buy some Met tickets. Why not?" I think that's the goal, and I think I think that you is, achieve it. That is 100 percent the goal, and to have fun and go look, the Mets are for real, and the guys did have fun doing it. They were into it. They when were like, this is Super Bowl, well, well the, the most important thing I need to know because we as yeah. Met fans still have trauma. And we get fearful when we don't see certain things. Where was our boy Pete Alonzo? I told him that Pete created, doesn't leave Florida, but he doesn't did, believe me. It created a scare of, oh, oh the, the extension's never going to come. That's why Pete wasn't in the commercial. So ease my concerns. Where was our buddy Pete Alonzo? Evan, you have nothing to worry about. All right. I will ease your concerns right there. He was fine. No issues. It literally was, we had only one day to shoot the ad. He wasn't able to make it that day. All right. We had no time to get it done. I can tell you why, because he was uh, fishing. Uh, I was invited (laughs) to go fishing with him because he loves fishing uh, on the coast of Florida. And it would be very hard for him to change his plans to fly up and fly back. Fair enough. The other question I think on people's mind is, did you guys consider using Kate Upton as an actress in yes. this said commercial? Please say yes. Please say yes. Please say yes. I, say I know yes. you want me to say yes. Please but, say yes. but she's only married to the player. So what? It was all about the players. Dude, you may not know this, but when Kate Upton used to live here before she met Justin, her, her she and her sister uh, were employed by the New York Jets, and her sister, uh, with Kate's help, uh, decided to pick the Jet flight crew for a number of years. She is that's, no stranger to New York sports, my man. Listen, when she comes out to City Field, it's going to be fun with her there. Is there a Let's, chance I could have a seat next to her? We can work on that, Craig. That's what I'm talking we'll about. We'll work on that. See what I'm saying, Evan? You see where this is going? This is Now, there's one very important question I yeah. need to ask you. And I'm not, I know this is not under your purvey, but you're a high-level executive there, and you can make mountains move if need be, okay? Okay. I have now officially partnered with the former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, uh, mm-hmm. In the bacon uh, on a stick business, uh, as you We're may back know, on bacon on a stick. You, huh? got, yes. you got the governor involved. Yeah, he's now. My Did partner. I hear that right? Yeah, Governor Christie's now my fifty-fifty. And he's partner. a big Mets fan. Yeah, he's a diehard Mets fan. He's on the board. He goes to every yeah. home game uh, legitimately. He's like he a love. He's like the an Evan level Mets fan. Evan knows that, right? Yes. So here's my thing. We have evolved from just bacon on a stick to maybe multiple meats on a stick. I'm ba- all into multiple meats on a stick. All right. So back <laughs> in the day, it was the number one selling item. How can we forward this conversation so that it can be ready by opening day? Ready by opening day. We're close, but we, we can figure that out. I'm talking to, we can talk to the food and bev folk. 
Great. So and get them excited about some meat on a stick. So for the fans that have been missing it, this is no BS. Chris and I will come in for an executive meeting, and there is a chance you're telling us a chance. that bacon now, and now, now, other meats on a stick are coming and, back. Is it about you and, and, and Governor Christie doing a taste test? Well, we'll now, bring, is that involved in this? We will bring it in for your crew to taste it to make sure they approve of it, of course. Okay, then, then we, should, we should plan on that. Done and done. When are we getting a list of all the promotions, all the bobbleheads, all the giveaways that you guys are going to have? When's that coming out? Uh, it should be out probably in the next few weeks. All right. We're doing 23 of them for 23. Nice. Um, there's some really cool bobbleheads this year. There's also a lot of other cool stuff we're giving away. We're doing, I'll give you some teasers here. We have a, we have a sports theme. There'll be four sports nights. We're going to do jerseys, Mets jerseys, like hockey jerseys, uh, basketball jerseys, really? football jerseys, That's soccer cool. jerseys. That's kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, well, we're trying some other things. By the way, you New know, York Mets hockey jersey would be a huge seller. There's yes, no doubt about that. That's actually that. pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, there's yeah, no doubt. pretty cool. All right, well, listen. listen you, we got to interest the crowd. You know, they got they got to. This is the Mets. This hey, man, real, I'll, I'll tell you right now, deal. as a longtime season ticket holder, those giveaways are a big freaking deal. I just uh, especially like the, um, the Star Wars ones. People go crazy for them. They do, yeah. The Garden Gnomes. <laughs> they used to yeah. Garden Gnomes. Bobble. They love the Bobble. <laughs> the Bobble. Yes. I now I know the video's out there. Uh, yeah. there. Is the first TV airing of it during the Super Bowl, or will it be airing before that? So it's going to air right in the in the last section of the pregame. Okay. Right before they go to Super Bowl, and then it will air at the end of the first quarter in the Super Bowl. Got it. All right, so it's going to air twice. One pregame, one air twice, first quarter. Got and it. then it'll be on the air for the next month and or then, so. Because silly question. Like, do you guys have to have uh, phone operators standing by? No. No, it's all, it's all <laughs> online. No. Nobody calls and gets tickets anymore. No number. It's a QR computer. code. Yeah. 718-507-TIXX. I know the number. Bro, everything is booked through the internet. Oh, now, you can't phone. call that number anymore? Damn no. it. I remember memorized that number from. I years haven't ago. talked to my Met ticket rep in a half a decade. Like it's just all interactive. God, so when the ad, so when the ad airs, people are not going to flood you with phone calls. They're going to go online and buy the tickets. Right. Got it. That's exactly right. Boy, I am old. <laughs> Called the internet. Well, Andy, look, uh, you know I love you. I'm glad uh, this uh, happened the way it did. It looks great. Thanks, I think man. people I are going to like it very much. And I'll see you next week. Okay. All right, I'll see you, man. Bye, right, There you go. That's uh, Andy Goldberg. He is the uh, chief marketing officer and does not come from a baseball background. He's a straight marketing genius. I, and I like that jersey idea a lot. I think that was a very good idea. Yeah, like the I, first 5,000 fans got no, no, a no, Mets no, no. hockey five, jersey. 5,000 is not enough. Oh, it's no, got to no. be like 20,000. Here's the problem. What if you're Frank the Tank? Yeah. You're not fitting in an XL. Yeah, and they usually so, get one size because okay. it's easier to order that way. So, as much as I've crushed the Nets and Joe side today, let me compliment them on something. They have a T-shirt night on some Fridays. Yeah, they actually have different sizes. Really? And so, and I've never seen that before. Where it's a little bit of a pain in the ass, but you go to the side, and they're like, "Would you like a large, a small, a medium?" So, I know a lot of teams don't do that, and I understand that's probably like hectic to pull that off. But I'm just saying it's an option because I think what sports teams need to do, the Mets are included, is you got to entice people to come to the ballpark these days. I think that there's more of a reason to not come because you stay home, you watch it on your TV, on your tablet, our minds are racing. So I think like football teams, baseball teams, basketball teams, they have to do more to encourage you to come to the ballpark. And, and I do think the New York Mets still, for some people, not all fans, of course, because the Steve Cohen 
you know, fan bases and love. But there are still a group of fans, maybe a little bit older, that still are not fully committed to going back, uh, as, at least as often as they might have used to have gone back. So the Mets, I do think, are in a different spot than the Yankees, obviously, where they got to try a little bit harder still to get some people to come back and be fully committed to going to the amount of games they used to go to. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, and that's just a, that's a historical thing. It's a Wilpon thing. I think they've overcome a lot of that already, and obviously the decisions they made, the money they've spent helps. Yeah. But I do think his ideas, like something as simple as a hockey jersey, which is effing brilliant. I, I, I think also just as time moves forward and we're going to the 2020s and 2030s, there are reasons to not go to games. And you have to give fans more reasons to go to games than maybe you Which did 20 years Which sounds silly, ago. but you do. I, listen, this is not me. I'm a, I go, listen, I just want to see the game. I'm, your, I'm not. You I'm, take Jet to a game, you go to the Wiffle Ball Park. Every time. Right. We go to Kitty Field every time. Right. And I'm not alone on that. And so. that's not why you're there, but you've got a kid who needs to go there because it, you know, it makes his uh, experience more enjoyable. Absolutely. Right? Plus, you're listening to his father yell and scream at Bartolo Colon. Uh, is not, you know... Bartolo Colon is the he, reference. That's the first man I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy you come uh, up with. I don't know why. Jeff was an infant when Bartolo <laughs> Colon was pitching. Hey, at least I got a guy that played for the Mets. Fair enough. What's funny is that I've seen, uh, you know, the commercials you have as of well. Yeah. You, ha- you have as well. And uh, it took me uh, like five or six views of it to know who every player oh, was. Oh, come on. Francisco Lindor is in it. Tomas Nido is in it. I didn't know who that was. You didn't know who that was? Did you know Kode Senka? He was in it. I didn't know his name, but I knew who he was. Edwin Diaz as the closer at the end? Took me took me two. <laughs> I, I blocked on his name the first time I saw it. I It's a power move. I remember when the WWE was at the height of their popularity during the Attitude Era. They had a Super Bowl commercial, and it was a big deal. And it was just a reminder of, with the WWE, we're kings, we have a ton of money, here's a Super Bowl commercial. So, yeah, you're selling tickets. I understand that. I think this is Steve Cohen saying, I just want to remind everybody who the hell I am. And can I just say something? Uh, and I speak for everybody listening. Uh, who has a uh, a good relationship with their boss. Your boss should be more like Steve Cohen. We should be able to go into Spike's office or the architect's office and say, I'd like to do this. Mm-hmm. And the immediate unwavering answer should be, you got it. Absolutely. Period. Stop. No doubt. That's it. No more. Well, let's talk about it. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Let's have a meeting. Let's get everybody involved. From now on, it should be Spike. I want to do X. And the answer should be done. Blind yes. Done. I want WFN jerseys. <laughs> Although we did those in Incremental. <laughs> I have one. Did you get a did you ever get a fan baseball jersey? No. Would you like one? Kind I've got a few in my closet I at think home. So, yeah. yeah? What was this carton on the back? What was it from when you played softball? Yeah, well, we had a couple games, yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder you wanna, if it says carton on the back. I'm giving I, it I might have some generic ones. You know, if I, I have generic, I'll give it to you. I would take the one with carton on the back. If I actually walk around with jerseys of other players, like, what's the difference, right? It, right. And this one, you'll be heckled a lot more. I'm sure I will. You go to City Field wearing a jersey that says carton on it, <laughs> uh, make sure you do not bring the kids. People have a lot to say. I think I would wear that one. Then. I mean, uh, listen, I'm walking into a sports arena tonight wearing a sweatshirt that says, I am a loser. Yeah. That's uh, that's a classic. Because that's here's a the one funny part. Because here's the funny part, Craig. I have to yeah. wear this sweatshirt. Because if I took this sweatshirt off, yeah, you'd be I f- don't know if you want to see what I'm wearing. But I'm wearing a shirt that has a message, and I don't know if today's the day to wear it. And it's a coincidence. It says 
and Marks, we you, trust. I don't think you should be caught wearing that shirt at Marks <laughs> at all. I mean, honestly. I mean, yeah. And by the way, pure coincidence. <laughs> comfortable uh, shirt. Top of the pile. <laughs> That's the way it goes, right? Uh, here is Sal in Westchester. Sal, good boy. Afternoon. How you doing? How you doing, guys? Good. What's going on? Um, I spoke to you about a year ago. Remember I told you I was an ex-correction officer and that we'd talk if, you were, if I was in uh, the prison where you were at? Uh, vague, you... Vaguely, yes. Okay, well, whatever. Um, the question I have for you mm -hmm. is, do you feel pressure as such a spokesperson for not gambling, that you're out there talking about it, your family, everybody's listening, yeah. You have a lot of fans. Do you yeah. feel pressure to not gamble? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, not, not, not based on necessarily exactly where you're coming from. I feel, I don't, maybe not pressure is maybe not the right word. I feel a responsibility not to gamble because I've been given this awesome second opportunity. You know, I'm back in my kids' lives. Uh, I've become the dad I once was prior to going down the bad road where I thought I, I was a great dad. Yo, know, and family member and all those things. So I feel a very tangible sense of responsibility to not mess it up again. Uh, and truth be told, you know, it's been almost five years without making a wager. And if I told you I never thought about it, that would be a lie because I do from time to time. But I've surrounded myself with so many quality people that hold me accountable on a regular basis that ask the question similar to Sal to what you're asking me to make sure that I'm not mm -hmm. veering off course, that I'm blessed. But, you know, I, I, it's a, it sounds like a cliche to those of you that aren't addicts, whether it's drugs, booze, or in my case, gambling. And the, the cliche is, you know, one day at a time, right? And I think a lot of non-addicts hear that and go, oh, cut the crap one day at a time. But it's real. So for me... As much as I feel like I've got it beat, I don't trust myself to have it beat. So my goal is when I walk out of this studio in a little while, I'm going to go directly home. I'm not going to you know, pass, go, and stop at any other property. I'm going home because that's a safe place for me to be. And if I can get home and go to bed, I'm not going to gamble today. But uh, there's a part of me at times to be completely transparent with you, and I have no money. Uh, right, and that's pretty public, you know, I'm financial ruin, that if there was $10,000 cash on a table in front of me that was mine to do what I'd want to do with it, uh, I don't know what I would do with it, and that scares me. So I live mm. as simple a life as possible. I literally, and this is not shtick, I wake up, I drive to work, I do my morning job, I drive here, I do this job, I drive home. I don't make any pit stops along the way other than getting gas, obviously. And that's my mm -hmm. every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On the weekends, I basically don't leave my home. And having that type of very specific, very regimented lifestyle allows me to not fall, quote-unquote, off the wagon and make bad decisions. And that's my life, and that's real. And I own that, and I publicize that because... I think it's okay for people to know that. Mm -hmm. you know, it's got to be tough because, you know, you're like a drug addict working in a drugstore. 
at the fence. Yeah, I am and I'm not, talk though. about his gambling. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair question. I get asked that a lot. You're surrounded by gambling ads. You're surrounded by guys who gamble, guys who talk about gambling and all that. Uh, and that's a very fair question. I appreciate you checking in on that, Sal. I, I can't explain to you why because I don't know why. But I don't feel that as being anything that pulls me towards gambling. I, I think I I'm able to compartmentalize that as that's a part of my job. I recognize that the Super Bowl is on Sunday. You know, I got to make a pick on the game for my job. I don't acknowledge the spread in that regard, but I'm certainly aware of it because I have to be aware of it. But I, and I can't tell you why, maybe grace of God, that being surrounded by gambling ads and all that stuff does not make me want to gamble any more than I would. I'm an addict. I wanted to gamble all the time, 24-7. I didn't need a commercial to come on to make me want to gamble more. I already wanted to gamble in an unhealthy manner. Right. So, I mean, it's a fair question, though, and I don't mind talking about it. And I'm not, I'm never going to run away from who I am. You know, I take ownership of who I am. You know, I uh, made bad decisions in my life, and I think it's quite clear, even for those of you that mock me on Twitter all the time for being a convict or a felon and all that stuff, I own it. But I've also paid my debt to society. And I continue to make payments because that's part of my responsibility now. And I'm not out of the woods yet in that regard from a legal standpoint, but I own that. And I think owning it and being honest about it also allows me to enjoy the new successes I have in life, to enjoy my kids' you know, successes about to graduate college and just being a regular guy. And I think if I didn't wear that on my sleeve and share that and be open about it and own it, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know how, I don't know how to you know, travel down that road. Mm. I think the only way to get to a place where people accept that you're sorry for what you did, people will give you a second chance uh, professionally and personally, is to be brutally honest about who you are. That's why I do the Saturday show before you and Joe come on. You know, I'm a compulsive gambler. I cannot gamble responsibly. I know I can. I couldn't right now today bet 10 bucks on the Super Bowl. Wouldn't mean anything to me. That 10 would become 50, would become 1,000, and on and on and on. And I think owning that and not running away from who I am and not making excuses for the bad decisions I've made have allowed me to get to where I'm at now. Now, I say that, Evan, recognizing there is a percentage of the population that is never going to accept me back, that is always going to view me as a guy that went away as a guy that effed up the greatest job in the world, as a guy that did bop, 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 and half the crap I'm accused of or made fun of, I didn't even do. It's not even close to what my real story is. But I can live with that because, you know, I put myself in that position. Nobody held a gun to my head and made me do the things I did. I did it all by myself. So I got to be a big boy and own it. And I try to own it in the most honest way I can by putting it out there. And if you want to mock me for it, have at it. I, I'm thick-skinned. I can take it. I'm good with it, but hopefully my story resonates with other people to a point where there's somebody out there right now that is either an addict going through it or has a family member or friend that's going through it, and hearing my story gives them the hope that they too can come through it on the other side and still have a life worth living. Because the suicide rate of gambling addicts is twice that of alcoholics and drug addicts, and that's a tangible, real thing. So it's another reason why I share my story. And the last thing on the soapbox is I went to a rehab center out in Prescott, Arizona. And I've told the story before, but it's been years since I've, I've told it. And I met 13 or 14 other men and women from all across the country who are also addicts. Now, 
here I am, the big tough guy, betting 10,000 bucks on a hand of blackjack, right? Think I'm God's gift to the world. And I met people who had addictions said $1 scratch-offs. Spent every dollar they had to their name on dollar scratch-offs. $5 keno, payday Friday, in the bar, gone on keno. Things of that nature. And I said to myself, these people have no idea what it's like, right? I'm just going to go here, go through the motions. People appreciate I went to rehab. I'll come home. I'm going to go to a casino as soon as I want. And one by one, they went around the room, and they were telling their stories. I went last because I was the new guy in the room. And it was as if I had written a script, and they read my script and stole it. And everything I processed emotionally and mentally about gambling, they said word for word. And that was the moment that I recognized I had a problem because I thought I was special. I thought I was unique. And when I left that rehab center, it's called Algamas in Prescott, Arizona. The night before I left that rehab center, the, this group of men and women came to me and said, listen, we know what you do for a living. If you ever have an opportunity to get back to being on the radio or on TV and you have that platform, would you make us a promise that you'd be the voice and face of gambling addiction because it doesn't have one? And I made them a promise. And I decided also I was never going to go back on a promise ever again either because I would have lied right to your face back then. I would have told you what you wanted to hear about gambling or what I was doing, and I became a world-class liar. And that's a terrible way to live, especially as a dad, right? And I made a promise that I was never going to lie again, and I would maintain that pledge to these people in rehab, and I think I've done that. you know. And I, when I, was, I told you I was on a radio tour yesterday. I'm on a radio tour tomorrow all across the country talking about responsible gambling. It's why I partnered with FanDuel to talk about responsible gambling. And whatever you want to say about me, and many of you have a lot of stuff to say about me that's negative, I would just hope that you would acknowledge that I've been true to my word since I came back, that I will be the face, I will be the voice of responsible gambling until I'm dead. And I will never waver on that. And that's all I have to say about it. But I, I appreciate the call, and I don't mind talking about it. It's, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN.com. To my main man, Joe Pesci who turns 80 years young today, which is crazy to me, right? The big 8-0. Yeah, that's my guy right there. My favorite Joe Pesci movie, not even close, is obviously Home Alone. Did a fantastic job. Him and Daniel Stern you as just, the heels. You just want people to verbally assault you. Oh, that's you? a great movie, though. Didn't say it's not a it's great an movie. old time movie. It's not his best movie of I all mean, time. Don't be, Don't be that guy. 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 You know, sometimes I say things just for you. Yeah, but there's a part of me like you and uh, Jablonski over there who truly believe no shtick, all real, that uh, Back to the Future 2 is better than 1. Well, it is. And that's a it real, and, and that's not, yeah. they're not making, making it up. No, no, that's real. I prefer it to 1, but I could under, I won't argue crazy. But yes, I like it better. Oh, yeah, no, he's right. It's better. I like it better. It's better. It's a better movie, better. dude. It's quoted more. People, when people, no, talk, yes, it is. No, it's not. The jumping to the future with the almanac and knowing who's going to win the World yeah. Series. Yeah, that's mentioned more than yeah. the fact that his mom wanted to make out with him when he went back to the past. Yeah, come on, act like a tree and leave. Like 
<laughs> yeah, but Biff says stuff in every. Yeah, Biff's amazing everywhere. You guys Even are Mad the Dog worst. Tanner has things to say. You guys are the, in the third absolute one. worst. Really? Yeah, are. but this time we're right. Actually, Back to the Future Two is better. It's just not. We've had this conversation too many times on this show. Anyway, Joe Pesci's eighty years old. Happy birthday, Joe! All right, so happy birthday to my main man and uh, former golf partner, the great Joe Pesci. Uh, let me say hi to Brian in Brooklyn on the fan. Brian, what's good with you today, Cookie? Hey, Craigie, how you doing? doing so, I had a point I was going to make about the Super yeah. Bowl and the Nets, but yeah. I wanted to just uh, speak on your uh, monologue you just gave oh, on yeah. gambling. Because sure. I struggled with my own demons, Craig, and when you came back on the radio, I listened to you on the morning show. Honestly, you helped me tremendously. You helped me come out to my family. You helped me rebuild my relationship with my girlfriend. So it almost made me cry listening to you just there because it, it tremendously helped me. So I, I truly believe you're helping a lot of people. Well, right? I so, appreciate it. And calls like this and the one we got the other night, you know, mean everything to me. And keep it up, Craig. Honestly. No, you, it's you very kind me. of you. I think you're helping a lot of people. So Thank you. Thank you. You want to get I that Super Bowl point and go ahead. Even though the the Eagles are a significantly better roster, I just have this sneaky feeling that Andy Reid and, and Patty Mahomes are going to pull it out. I just think the experience gives them the edge there. You know, it's and interesting, when you talk about Pat Mahomes specifically and Andy Reid, and you take a look at no no disrespect to the Eagles, they won every game they had to win this history, year. Yeah. They have, first off, Andy Reid's the best in football history off a of bye. This is essentially that. And number two, you know, the, this great Eagles defense, which has been great statistically, not going to knock it. If you go back and just take a look for a second, all the quarterbacks they played against. Not very good. Right. <laughs> not very good. Means nothing. Okay. I didn't listen to the show earlier. I just got on not too long ago. So I also wanted to say I'm a huge Nets fan. And I think the Nets actually. Don't do it. Pivoted do it. as well as pivoted as well as they could away from the mistakes. That's, a fa- that, that's okay. the way. That's the way. Good job, Brian. I appreciate got, it, buddy. It's a disaster. Have they come out of this as decently as possible? Sure. Oh, I think if you're a Net fan, I think the big year for you guys now is 2029. Well, no. Because that's when all the picks that will have been picked by. So, no, I disagree with you. When the Garnett and Pierce era ended with a thud. What year was that? It was after the 2015 season. Okay. Okay, the 2014 season, I should say. And then Garnett remained for 15. They traded him for Thaddeus Young. They made the playoffs, then they were dead. Okay? There's your little uh, history lesson. We had no hope. Like, zero. No picks, no players, no assets, nothing. When you watch them tonight, I will. I'm going to go to the building. There are assets, and there is hope. And there's future picks. It doesn't mean they're going to win a championship in the next five years. It just means that we are used to coming out of a darkness. And this isn't the same darkness. Now, yes, the crash was worse, Craig, because the expectations were higher. No one's going to argue that. But what we have today is a hell of a lot more hope than we had in 2017. Because if I told you the roster from 2017 yeah. and the roster from 2018, yeah. you would, and you're a basketball fan, you'd say, I don't know who that is, but Evan. I, you're just naming names. I think I've been pretty clear about it. While it's a, it's a debacle of epic proportions losing you know, Harden, Kyrie, and KD, you know, the cupboard's not bare. Now, they're not winning a title, obviously. You'll be lucky to get into the playoffs without going through the play-in game. But the reality is that there are competent basketball players here. There aren't any superstars. There's no one you're hanging your hat on going, oh, gosh, Mommy, will you take me to the Barclays uh, Arena because I want to see this guy? Certainly not Ben Simmons. But do I think they're going to play competent basketball? Yeah. Do I think they're going to lose a lot? Yeah. 
And here's the thing that drives me crazy as just a fan of sports and basketball. Frank Isola just put out a tweet. In the last 19 games that Kevin Durant played for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, don't do this to me. They are 17-2. and two. Yeah, I, I got you. Thank what you. the F was so bad about being here that you needed to go somewhere else? Because Kyrie Irving left. 17-2! and two. Because Kyrie Irving needed his contract, you right? You two knuckleheads. He wanted to get paid. That's what, that's what it comes down I to. I mean, the Nets only paid him $100 million no, over the I, last three years. I get that, but he wanted his max contract. The Nets said no. By the way, the and that was not going to give it to him either. I, I get it. I, I but understand. Think, but think about that. Like, it's one thing. If you're a superstar playing on a bad team, there does come a point where even the fans recognize, man, this guy just deserves an opportunity to go play with better people. We can accept that, right? We know who we are. 17-2. and two. Get me out of here. That's 17-2, I want my contract. That's if you don't up. give me my contract, I won't play. Nets comply, we'll see you later. Yeah. Then Durant looks at the same roster but a little bit different and says, nah, I'm done. Dude, I'm telling you, when I saw that, and I know that like I've talked a lot about the 18-2 run in 20 earlier this year, but uh, I'm telling you, when I saw Frank Isola's uh, tweet, that that actually bothers me. Well, you know what I appreciate? They left the Nets 10 games above 500. <laughs> that you needed so, to. to Camp Thomas and Spencer Dinwiddie and Mikel Bridges and Nick Claxton, here you go. Now, don't blow that 10, above top, 10 games above 500. Hold on to that, please. Get me to 45 wins. Get me to the playoffs. And let's have some fun. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.